everyone, this is Jessica Chen, and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible, and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today's episode is about communication strategies during tough times. Now, it's no surprise. We all see it. A lot of job layoffs, a lot of job uncertainty, and a lot of job anxiety happening right now. It's why we felt it was so important for us to put an episode like this together where we can share our tips on how we can all think about building our career brand, whether we have been affected by the layoffs or not, or regardless of what industry we are in, everything I'm going to be sharing with you all today is so relevant. So let's get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about communication strategies during tough times. Now, I'm going to be sharing with you all three things I want you to think about when it comes to improving your communication skills. And there's, of course, a lot of things to say when it comes to how we can be better communicators. But today, I want to focus on the three that I think can help us build what I call our career brand. Because one thing is for sure, hiring, firing, these are things that are usually out of our control. But what we can control is what people think of us, what people think when they hear our name, essentially our career brand. And communications is a huge part of that. So I'm going to be sharing with you three strategies. And by the way, feel free to write this down as I'm going through this, because again, a lot of this is relevant to everybody's current work situation. So in addition, I'm going to be sharing with you how you can implement these strategies in the working world. My hope is at the end of today, everybody will be able to walk away feeling that they have a good and strong proactive approach to their communications. Many of us, we have long lists of to-dos when we are working. We have all these things we have to check off, people we have to report up to, things we have to manage. And sometimes being proactive in our communications can simply just fall by the wayside. So with that, I think it's incredibly important that we think, okay, in addition to doing the amazing work that we're all already doing, we also have to be proactive communicators. And to be honest with you, for me early on in my career, this was not something that I even thought about. But once I had this switch of, okay, what can I do in addition to my work? And that being being proactive in my communications, it completely transformed my, my, my work, including the way people saw me. Because instead of being reactive and feeling like I'm constantly having to put out fires here and there, I was being proactive. So I'm going to share a lot more details of what this means. So stay tuned. Now, before we jump into today's talk, I wanted to do a quick intro for those who are perhaps joining me for the first time. My name is Jessica Chen, and I'm the founder and CEO of Soulcast Media, and we are a global communications training company. We work with Fortune 500 companies. I go in and I teach their teams 
how to be better communicators. Things that I talk about are presentation skills, team collaboration, how to be a good manager, and just anything that has to do with being a great speaker, communicator at work. Prior to starting Soulcast Media, I used to be on TV. I was a former Emmy award-winning TV news reporter, and I was in that industry for about 10 years. You can see some of these pictures on your screen right now. The one on the far right is me when I was working at the ABC station in San Diego, California. It was actually where I won an Emmy award, and I was in television for about 10 years. Now, a lot of people ask me, well, Jessica, you know, you've had such a great career in TV, in news. Why did you start Soulcast Media? And so this is where I share my personal story. Growing up, I was a fairly shy, fairly introverted person, and it was really difficult for me to find what I call my speaking voice at work. Part of it was cultural. Part of it was personality, right? I'm just kind of more like this shy, anxious person. But And I say this was a blessing. The fact that I started on TV, I was so, I guess, there was so much great learnings being and starting in that industry because there was no doubt I was surrounded by some of the best communicators in the world. I mean, you have to talk on TV every single day. So being able to learn how to be a great speaker, how do you engage with people across all levels, across all industries, because we're interviewing people all the time. How do you talk to people um, when they don't even know you to get them to open up? And also, how do you pitch your ideas? As journalists, we had to pitch our ideas in what we called our editorial meetings every morning. So I had to learn how to do all these things and essentially just break out of this introverted, quiet shell that was pretty much who I was very much until I started working. And so after about 10 years, I feel like I felt confident enough that I was like, you know what? There's so much that I learned on television that I can actually teach this to professionals. The most impactful is really the presentation, the executive presence part of speaking, because this is what we had to do every single day. So four years ago, I started Soulcast Media, and this is where we are today. We work with so many fantastic large companies, individuals. So I'm very grateful for the work that we do at Soulcast Media, including we put on the Soulcast Media live events like the one you are at right now, every two or three weeks or so. Because for me, I truly believe communications is a skill that should always be something that we're learning and can be something that can always be improved. So with that, that's just a little bit about me and kind of the passion behind the work that I do here at Soulcast Media. But let's get started with today's talk. Now, when it comes to communication strategies, I realized early on in my career, one of the other reasons why it was so difficult for me to find this, what I call this voice at work, to really show up for people to see what it was that I was doing, to be proactive in my communications, I realized how to do with a lot of what I call this friction in the workplace. Now, what does this mean? So friction in the workplace is something that perhaps Many of us have experienced as well. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit more details, but I realized that this struggle with communications that I often felt was because I was living in what I call these worlds of dualities. What does this mean? So oftentimes we are taught how we should carry ourselves in the workplace, how we should communicate, how we should contribute. 
And these are all well-intentioned, well-meaning tips and advice of how we should go about our work. So for example, you should see it on your screen. These are some of the things that I was often taught. Okay, Jessica, when you are at work, make sure you sit up and sit at the table so people can see you and they can hear you. Very important, okay? When it comes to communications, you have to always be good at contributing your thoughts and offering a lot of feedback. That is how you are a great communicator, okay? This is what I was like, okay, got it. And when it comes to contributing in the workplace, mm, you have to be involved. You have to raise your hand for projects so that people see you. I'm curious actually right now, has any of this resonated with you were, or have you ever been taught these things when it comes to being a good communicator, a good contributor, uh, how to carry yourself in the workplace? If so, throw it into the chat function. I actually would be very curious to see what some of you are thinking when it comes to these, these communication tips that you might have learned as well. Throw into the chat function and let me know because I'm also monitoring it at the same time. So the thing is, though, I realize speaking up, sitting at the table, contributing and offering feedback and being involved. These were all great tips. There's no doubt about it. But what I mean about feeling this friction was this. What I saw instead seemed to be very different from the reality of the situation. I saw that, hey, if you spoke up perhaps too much, you, you spoke up and people saw that, there was this thing about people then sometimes will see you very unfavorably. The other thing with communications is if you contribute and you offer feedback, you are judged so much and you're actually even judged very harshly. When it comes to contributing, yes, raise your hand, but why was it that when I saw folks who were often volunteering, that they got stuck with busy work? It just seems so contradictory to a lot of the sage advice that I was taught too. And so this is what I mean. Why was it that even when I was trying to do these things, that the reality of the situation was it was actually kind of not turning out the way I expected so if you look at this right now on your screen, this is what I mean. It was this living these worlds of dualities of like, okay, I'm doing this, but why does it seem like it's not necessarily resulting in all the good stuff that I thought it would have? So because of this friction, because I felt like I was living in the, these worlds of dualities, I realized I needed to think deeper. I needed to figure out what was going on. And this is where it came to this big aha moment, a lot of it had to do with actually being a strategic communicator. Yes, communications is important, but I think in the workplace, what's even more important and what I feel is not often talked about enough is how you can be strategic in your communications. And we are not taught this in school. You know, a lot of times we have to just figure it out when the stakes are high already, when we're in a meeting with our managers, with clients, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I need to figure this out in front of people when, again, the stakes are high. And so my thing with communications is that's what I mean. It's a proactive, it's a never ending journey. And this is what I'm here to talk about with you all today. It's how you can think about being a strategic communicator and implementing these strategic 
communications strategies because I think it's incredibly important when it comes to building our career brand. So today I'm going to be sharing with you three things. The first is I want to teach you how you can get into this visibility mindset. Yes, this has to do with communications because it's all about how you approach it. The second thing I'm going to be sharing with you all is how you can build an army of supporters. Early on in my career, I would say the second one was not something I often thought about. I often thought about, okay, I just got to do my work. I just have to do it well. I have to deliver. I have to hit my goals. I have to perform. But I didn't give enough time and emphasis to the significance and impact it would have if I built out my network, which I call an army of supporters. And these are people just within your team, within your your immediate working environment. And I'll go into this with a lot more detail. And then finally, the third thing I'm going to be sharing with you is going to be what I feel is actually the most important. And that's going to be the third tip. So be sure to stay until the very end of this today, because we're going to be talking about all three, starting out with visibility, The second one is building an army of supporters. And the third one, I'm keeping it a secret until the very end, is what I think is the most important thing we need to think about when it comes to our communication strategy. So let's start with number one. This idea of having a visibility mindset. Now, whether whether you have been affected by the job layoffs or not, or you're currently working at a company, I think having a visibility mindset is one of the most important things we can think about. Because if we're not visible, how can people think about us and think about our work? The truth is, if we cannot advocate for ourselves, how can we expect other people to do it for us? If we cannot even showcase the amazing work that we do, what we're capable of, our value add, how can we expect other people to do it? And this is what I mean about we having to find opportunities to showcase our work and the amazing things that we do. It's making sure that we are owning all the good things. One of my favorite strategies is if somebody says, you know, in in our team, you know, hey, great job on that. Try to figure out how you can make that even more visible. So I'm going to share some examples of what this means. So when it comes to visibility mindset, Here's the thing. If there's a win, plan to share it. Now, a lot of people are like, ugh, but that might mean I'm showing off and it's very uncomfortable. Well, for me, my answer is it's all about your communications. How are you doing it? You know, when you do something great at work, how do you show it is not about, hey, look at me. Look at this amazing thing that I did. Look at this client that I got. Look at this project I completed. It's not about approaching it that way. Some of my favorite ways to do it is to literally be short and concise. Check this out. So excited. I'm so glad we got this. I wrote this here on the screen so you can say it, but sometimes being short, making it simple, calling it out just like this is really all you need to do to build this visibility mindset. The funny thing about this is there's actually a story that I wanted to share with you all because I had to practice this every single day when I used to be a former TV reporter. Now, here's a picture of when I was working at the ABC station down in San Diego. And let me tell you, early on in my career, like I mentioned, 
even when it came to me doing great things, I had a hard time figuring out how to make it visible, how to talk about my accomplishments. For me, I was the kind of person who, if something great happened, yes, I'd be happy about it, but I would just kind of internalize it. And then I would just go back to doing the work. By the way, does that resonate with any of you? Is this something that you find yourself often doing that if there's something good that, you know, you kind of just keep it within yourself versus sharing it? If so, throw it into the chat function, because I am curious to see if this idea of internalizing great news is something that happens to you too. Just throw in a yes or hey, if you have an example that you can share, let me know as well. Put into the chat function. So I want to share with you a story because this was when I was at ABC and one day, this was this is what happened. So we were all sitting in our editorial meeting that I talked about. This is where, you know, reporters and producers, we all get together every single morning and then we talk about, you know, what stories are we going to cover? I remember on this one day in particular, my manager, she walks into this meeting on this this day and she's holding her phone and she was like, "Oh wow, there's this amazing thing happening in San Diego right now. It's this viral video." And, I mean, you know, with social media these days, a lot of things, a lot of crazy things go viral. But anyway, she was saying, she was watching this video and it was actually this um, guy <laughs> who had modified his car and he was basically driving it around the streets of San Diego, honestly, quite recklessly and just doing all these wheelies and parking lots and it was being filmed. Needless to say, he posted it on social media and, you know, people started sharing it and it became a viral video. Now, my boss discovered that this was actually happening in the city that we were working in. And so she was like, we have to find this guy. We have to try to find him and interview him and get his side of the story because, of course, people were not happy about it. So she turns to me and she goes, Jessica, find this guy and let's do a story on him. <laughs> I looked around. And I was like okay, all I have is this video. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know his name. And I have to suddenly find this person and make sure I get a story by the five o'clock news. So I go back to my seat. And of course, I started researching, you know, going on the internet, trying to find who this guy was, trying to find a way to contact him. And surprisingly, I actually find him. I message him and I said, hey, you know, I'm Jessica. I'm, you know, from ABC. Would you be interested in sharing your story? You know, there's a lot of people watching your video right now and we'd be interested to get your side of the story. He said, yes. So I got into my car and I drove as quickly as I could to his place. And I sat down with him and I got this amazing interview. I drove back to the car and in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I literally cannot believe that this happened. He said, yes, I got the interview and we're good. But on that drive back, I had this aha moment and I was like, wait a second. This is something that my boss was incredibly excited about. She was really wanting us to do this story and I was able to get it. My natural instinct in that moment was, okay, I'm just going to hurry and go back into the office and just hurry and do my work. But I said, no, this is an opportunity to be visible. So what I did was I went, I got into the office and instead of walking straight into my office and sitting down and opening my laptop and doing the work, I walked straight into her office and I said, Hey, guess what? We just got our top story of the day today. This guy, he talked to us and it was, it's only on our channel and, you know, in the news industry being exclusive is very important. So of course I said that I was like, you know, he only talked to us and it's going to be our top story of the day. 
I remember that look, my manager looked up at me and this huge smile appeared on her face. And I could tell that she was so excited. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I approached her and it was short and sweet. I just said, hey, look at this. It wasn't anything long-winded. The whole conversation was probably just two minutes long. But I walked back to my desk and I was like, wow, because I showcased this win, it made me, my capabilities, visible. Now, here's the kicker. The funny thing about this was that day, the work that I did was not any different from the work I typically do. I always go out and find people to interview and I always make sure to get it in on time. But because on this day in particular, I made it visible, suddenly my capabilities, my accomplishments, it was recognized. So this picture here is actually that day uh, when I was on TV and I was talking about the news. You can see I'm, st I'm standing there talking and the two other anchors are next to me. But this is just to show you that this really is a mindset. It's really to think about the work that you do, what you're capable of, which I'm sure are so many things, but not just doing great work, but finding ways to showcase it. Okay, at this point, a lot of people say, Jessica, I get it. I get that I have to be visible. I get that I have to approach it, but I'm afraid or I'm not sure exactly how to do it. This is where my advice comes in. And this is where I say, if you are in a meeting or if you are around people that you really want to showcase your compliments to, you want to think about doing it like this. You want to speak up in the first five minutes of that meeting. Because for a lot of us, uh, including myself, a lot of us anxious types, people who are, of course, very ambitious, very capable, but often, often overthink, if we don't speak up within the first five minutes of a meeting, chances are we may not speak up at all. So I always say the earlier you speak up, the better it is because you're overcoming any of those nerves that might cripple you later on because you have all this talk in your mind saying, uh, maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can't, should I or shouldn't I? You know, it's that voice in our head. So the earlier you speak up, the better. The next is, you can speak up and showcase your accomplishments by acknowledging then asking a question. So what does this mean? This is actually a very specific communications strategy that I often teach folks. So this means how and when do you speak up in a meeting? Because sometimes in meetings, people are just talking over each other. It's hard for us to figure out when we can actually speak. So a way to use our voice in a meeting where a lot of other people are very, very loud, you can acknowledge. So you can say, hey, Ben, that was a really great point. It made me think of A, B, and C. So you're acknowledging the person who just said something because you're inserting your voice in now, but you're doing it in a way that is what I call very fluid versus very just oh, all of a sudden. So acknowledging and then, and, and then asking a question or even giving a statement is what we call anchoring. The third thing is, hey, if you just want to use your voice and be visible, and this isn't just like talking about your accomplishments, right? You know, sometimes if we don't want, if we have nothing to necessarily share, but we just want people to see us and hear us, just using our voice and saying, great idea, great job, great point, right? Just saying that out loud is just small things, 
small but significant things we can do to get our voice heard and be visible. The idea is you want people to see you and to hear you. That is how people can think about you. That is how people can have make sure you are top of mind. Because the truth is, so many of us, including our managers, including just everybody, we're busy, right? We're thinking about our own things that we have to do. But it's up to us to make sure that people see us and hear us so we can be top of mind when new opportunities arise. The second thing that I want to talk with you all today is about this idea of building what I call an army of supporters. This is one of my favorite strategies to building a strong career brand because it allows us to build influence with others without necessarily being brash, pushy, or aggressive. A lot of us, we want to be seen and heard and we want our ideas and our work to be recognized. But a lot of times it's hard to do it. Now, the idea with building an army of supporters is this. If we have an idea and we want to pitch it, sometimes just going out and saying it, it may not get that immediate yes. But building an army of supporters is a strategy because if you have people around you who support you, they are the folks who will sing your praises. They are the people who will help get your ideas approved. These are the people who will advocate for us when we are not necessarily in the room. And this is why having an army of supporters is incredibly important. So how can you go about building an army of supporters? Feel free to write this down because I'm going to be sharing with you this pyramid strategy on how you can look around you and, and identify who sits in what part of this pyramid in order to get an army of supporters around you. So this is particularly helpful if you have, let's say, an idea that you want to do at work or, you know, some a new pitch that you're going to make. So let's say you want to ask your manager for something and you're not necessarily sure how they're going to react to it. Because you may be asking for something and maybe their initial reaction might just be, no, we don't have time. We don't have budget, right? You know, that could be their initial response to something that you are wanting to do, something that could be really pivotal for your career. But here's the thing. If you want to be strategic with your approach, you want to build this army of supporters. And that is three things. You want to find people who are your advisors. You want to find people who are your endorsers. And then you want to find people who I call your approvers. And you want to approach it in this way. Now, I'll share with you what each of these means, but the reason why it's a triangle is because you want to start at the very bottom. This is where you build your foundation. This is where you find the most amount of people to help you, and then you move up. You go to your endorsers, and then once you have both your advisors and your endorsers, your army, then you go up to your approvers, which for many of us are the people who approve our ideas, our managers. So what does this mean in a little bit more detail? So when it comes to the bottom layer, the, the foundation you're going to build, you want to first think and look around. Who are your advisors? Who are people you can reach out to if you have a great idea? These people are often industry experts, 
people who are experts in certain groups or certain areas in your organization that your idea, you know, might affect. These are the people who you want to run your ideas by to get their opinion. These are the people who are generally going to be the most number of people because your advisors are people who you are going to be like, hey, can I get your thoughts on this? Or do you have any advice on this idea? Do you have any tips on how I can better improve this idea that I have that I want to pitch to my manager? These are your advisors. They're, they're often from different parts of the business and they will help you flesh out your ideas. Once you have your advisors and you've already run your ideas by them and people have helped you, again, flesh out your idea to make it more strong, then you want to go and find what I call your endorsers. Now, this is a second level. Your endorsers are basically people who want to see your plans become reality. Whatever idea it was that you had, they're like, I really like it and I can see how it can benefit us. These are the people who might have the social or professional capabilities to help you push it through. These are the folks who you would see as, hmm, these are going to be people who are endorsing my idea. Now, once you have your advisors, your endorsers in place, you got everybody's buy-in, now is when you can go to your approvers. And these are the folks who are approving our ideas. And the idea is because you have already done the homework to find advisors, to find endorsers, to make your idea and your pitch, your ask much stronger, your approver will have a very hard time not saying yes. Because how can they say yes when you can present a solid case by saying, I have my advisors, I have these people who's, who helped me, I have my endorsers who all loved the idea. You're going to present this to your manager and they're going to be like, wow, that's a pretty solid case. And so thinking about approaching our work with this communication strategy and building out our army of supporters is incredibly important. I was never taught this early on in my career. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated or sophisticated, honestly. It can just be maybe one or two or three people that you just run an idea by. But the idea is, if it's an idea, if it's something that you care about, and you're building this army of supporters around you, the chances of you getting that yes, the chance of you getting it, what it is that you want goes up significantly. So the idea is build an army of supporters, start with your advisors, your endorsers, your approvers. And the reason why this is so impactful is because of this. You're building social capital. Social capital, again, is what people say about you when you're not in their room, people who support you, who advocate for you. But it doesn't just happen. We have to be proactive in finding these people who can help support us because this is social capital and it is incredibly valuable for our career and our career brand. <sighs> finally, we've covered so much already. And we're finally at the third point that I want to share with you all when it comes to having a solid communication strategy. And the third point is my favorite one because it is applicable in so many situations. 
What you need to think about when it comes to having a solid communication strategy, whether you are working right now or not, is learning how to master asking for things. So this means getting a job, pitching an idea, getting a promotion. Now, if you're thinking, wait, what does this have, how does this relate to my pyramid um, and my army of supporters? Well, your, your army of supporters are people who you have to get on board with your idea. But eventually, you have to do the ask. You have to make that ask. So mastering the ask is exactly what you're going to say. And I'm going to share with you what this is. And again, feel free to write this down because I'm going to be walking you through the three things you want to think about in terms of how to master asking for something. And there is a framework you can follow. So what does this mean? When you master the ask, you want to think about what we call here at Soulcast Media, utilizing the SAW framework. The SAW framework essentially is a three-pronged approach and how you want to think about framing your ask. So it starts with the S. You want to make a strong case. The next is you want to make sure you align your objectives. And then finally, the W is why you loop in why you. Many of us, when we ask for something, we kind of do the opposite. We kind of start with the us first. We go with why I want it, why this benefits me. And then we then talk about aligning objectives. And then we try to like, you know, push our point through by making a strong case. But actually, you got to reverse it. You got to reverse it by starting out with a strong case because that's essentially your headline. <laughs> if I'm dropping some TV and, and journalist stuff, it's because that's the world I used to live in. It's your headline, your strong case. So what does this mean exactly? So when it comes to starting off your ask, making a strong case, you have to answer these questions. Why now? Why are you asking for this now? Who will benefit from your idea? Why will they benefit? What are the benefits that we'll see? If you can start off with that, you are absolutely building a strong case for making that ask. A. Aligning objectives. You need to answer these questions. Well, what I'm asking for, will it cost money, time, resources, and where would that come from? I would confidently say, regardless of the industry that we're in, which by the way, I'm sure many of us are in different industries right now, resources, budget, these are oftentimes on the top of most managers' minds. So if you can answer this question in your ask, then you are eliminating them questioning you about it. So answering this question, will it cost money, time, and resources, and where would it come from? They may also be wondering, okay, if I let you do this thing, if I say yes to your idea, what's the ROI here? What's the ROI for the team, for the organization? This is where you have to loop in the greater good. If you can align your objectives when you are making your ask, your ask becomes so much stronger. And then finally, the W. Why you? This is where you now loop in. Okay, why are you the right fit for this? Why are you asking for this? Why do you, why do you think this is valuable to you? And this is where you can loop in a lot of the more emotional side of like, I'm so excited about this. Or I've been really, you know, looking forward to doing this, right? 
this is where you can loop in a lot of what I call the more emotional language, because that is how you can compel people is when you can use that type of emotional language. And this is where you do it in the why you. So I want you to look at this. This is the saw framework. And this is how you can master the ask. Regardless of where you are, where you're working, what industry, this is a framework that can absolutely make a huge difference in how you approach asking for something versus just saying, hey boss, can, um, can we jump on a call? And then you just make your ask like that. This is what I call being strategic and thinking about this. Yes, it's gonna take some time. You're gonna have to plan it out ahead of time. But I truly believe if you do, the chances of you getting that yes goes up significantly. So at this point, oh my goodness, I've shared so many tips in the last 40 minutes, and I hope you all were able to think about these things and perhaps even write it down, which by the way, all the things that I shared today is going to be inside our Soulcast Media VIP communications pass. You can see there's a QR code on your screen right now, and I highly recommend if you love these communication sessions that I do, and if you can't attend all of them, because I do them about every two weeks or so, we include all our show notes, all our tips inside our VIP communications pass, and then we email it to you so you can have it and you can keep it. So you don't have to be there kind of writing this down. We email this to you if you get a VIP communications pass, which is a QR code. So let me do a quick recap. We talked about building a visibility mindset. I shared with you why it is so important to build an army of supporters around you because that can help you get your ideas approved and get that yes. And then finally, it comes down to how you say things and how you frame things. And this is where mastering the ask is so important. Now, I would be remiss if I did not also say this. When it comes to mastering the ask, uh, when it comes to doing any of these things, honestly, and building our career brand, it's so important to remember this. At the end of the day, you want to be somebody who is seen as kind and capable. I, I've worked with so many folks in the last four years. And even though I'm teaching all these communication strategies of like, you have to say this, you have to do that, you have to be visible, you have to be proactive. In the end, your career brand is what people feel when they hear your name, when they see you. And you can do all these things but if you can't show that kindness, right, a willingness to help, doing all these things can easily just fall through the cracks. Because at the end of the day, people want to work with people. People want to engage with people that they like. And being kind and showing your capabilities, it goes hand in hand. Now, we've already learned so, so much. And my fear is at the end of today, we're going to go back and kind of go back to our daily tasks and we're going to forget all the things that I just shared with you all. I don't want you to forget it because like I said, communication strategies is something that we need to be thinking about all the time. So the question is, how can you apply it? Now, for those who have been following me and the work that we do at Soulcast Media, I really want to share with you all one of the best ways that we have built for people to practice their communications as often as they can. And this is through this monthly workshop that I do here at Soulcast Media. And I actually want to invite you all to attend. This is a this is our Soulcast Media membership. And essentially, it's a monthly program 
where every single month you meet with me and a group of like-minded individuals who are just eager to improve their communications. And we work on a new topic every single month. So we meet every month and it's a new topic. I have the topics here on the screen. So January, which was last month, we talked about with this group, we talked about having a confident mindset. This month we have our workshop and I'm going to be teaching our members how we can disagree with tact. It's not just about saying no in meetings and saying it really loudly. It's how can you disagree without necessarily hurting your credibility? I'm going to be teaching this inside our Soulcast Media membership this month. And then next month, I'll just share it with you all right now. I'm going to be talking about how we can be an inclusive speaker. An inclusive speaker is how we can help ourselves speak up more confidently in meetings and be included in the conversation. But also, how can we help others on our team? Because if you help others on their on the team speak up, people notice this. So this is a Soulcast Media membership that I honestly, it's one of the most proud things that we've done here at Soulcast Media because it allows folks like you to have a place to learn communication strategies every single month because consistency is, is key. Now, I'm just going to put this here because... Last month when we were doing our New Year's promo, we were actually offering a complimentary one-on-one -on -one coaching session for folks who joined in January. And it's a 60-minute complimentary coaching session with one of our board of communicators. But because I threw in this event very last minute, I wanted to share that we're going to extend this complimentary promotion until the end of this week, which actually is tomorrow. Um, but if you join today, then basically Friday, if you join by today or Friday, then, and you are part of our membership, you will be able to have access to a complimentary one hour communications coaching session where we can talk to you about public speaking, messaging, or any of these things. If this sounds interesting, I highly recommend you to scan the QR code right here because that will take you directly to the site, or you can just go to our website, soulcastmedia.com, and there's information there. So, I get to meet with folks every single month and we actually get to talk and engage and it's amazing. It's such a great group of folks. If you're like, oh, I didn't scan the QR code, you can actually go to my LinkedIn page and at the top, you'll see this monthly communication workshops because that'll take you to that link directly. There's an arrow pointing at it so you can see. You just click that link and it'll take you and you can learn more about it and see if you want to join. So I just want to thank you all for being here today because I shared so many tips on what it means to be a strategic communicator. And as you can see, I'm incredibly passionate about this because communications was not something that I, I learned to do, but it's learnable. I'm very honored that in the four years of Soulcast Media, we've worked with some of these amazing companies. And I'm so honored that these companies have trusted the work that we do. So if this is the first time that you're meeting me and this is the first time you're hearing about our company, I want to share, we have that monthly communications membership I just talked about. You may have found me because of the courses that I've done. I have 10 courses here on LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor. And I also have three courses on Udemy. Um, my courses are often ranked most popular. So I'm very, very grateful for that. So if you haven't checked out any of my communications courses on LinkedIn or Udemy, if that's your thing, be sure to check it out there because I have tons of communications content as well. But that's more e-learning versus the membership. It's, it's live. 
At Soulcast Media, we also have corporate communication workshops. So we go in and we train teams. And I also do a lot of speaking engagements as well to help folks learn the tactics on how to be a better communicator. So with that, I just want to say thank you all so much for being here. I was looking at the amazing number of folks who were dialed in the entire time. I shared so many great tips, and that's my hope. My hope is for you all to have walked away with some golden nuggets on how you can be a better communicator. Because like I said, regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of whether you're working right now or not, everything that I shared is what you can think about and take with you everywhere. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out and happy communicating. Thank you.